0: Good morning. I'm Pastor Nick. Welcome to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We hope today's message will be a help to you. May God bless you. It is our privilege today to have our Associate Minister,
1: Reverend Dr. Lisa Altar, bring the message. And as she is coming... I want to remind us here in the sanctuary, and I want to let our radio listeners know that starting starting today, the uh, 21st of May at 6.30 p.m., we are having a wonderful series of messages on the theme, Christ's Revelation of Things to Come. Christ's Revelation of Things to Come. It is a study and a discovery of what God has to say to us in the book of Revelation and about end times and Rev. Uh, Trudy White is a very competent uh, student of the Word. You will be greatly enriched. Church family, radio listeners, we want to invite you to join us for this eight-week special series on Christ's uh, Christ revelation of things to come. So now would you welcome our Associate Minister, Rev. Dr. Lisa Elgar. Well, good morning and welcome to you. Good
2: Thank you. <laughs> Three sons left home, and they went on their own to start their own lives and to live on their own. Well, after they successfully finished school and got jobs, they were now able to give their elderly mother some really nice gifts. Well, the first son bought her a beautiful house. Built a beautiful house, a mansion, and she was able to move in there. Well, the second son, he decided he was going to give her a brand new Mercedes Benz. Give her a brand new Mercedes. Not just the car, though. He also paid for a driver with the car to drive her around. Well, the third son now, he said, I have you both feet. He said, well, you know, Mom's eyesight isn't very good. And how she loves reading... But because of her eyesight, she isn't able to see. Well, I bought this brown parrot who can recite the scriptures for her. All she needs to do is to name the verse and the chapter, and the parrot will recite the scriptures for her. They said, well, how much did that cost? Well, the son said, it cost me $100,000 in order for this parrot to be trained for many years. Well, the mother received all the gifts, and then she wrote thank you letters to her son. To the first son, she said, "'Son, thank you so much for the beautiful house that you built me. However, it's too big, and there's so much house to clean, I really only use a couple of the rooms.'" To the second son, she says, "Son, because I'm so old, I hardly travel anywhere." She says, "I stay home most of the time, and the driver is just so rude." Well, to the third son, she says, "Son, you did very well. You know exactly what your mother likes. The chicken was delicious." few weeks ago, I shared with you part one of the encounter. The encounter of Saul on the road to Damascus and how God encountered him and spoke to him there. Well, we know that Saul was a hater and a persecutor of Christians. He hated Christians and he wanted nothing more than to see them arrested and punished. And so he had heard that some of those Christians had escaped Jerusalem and went to Damascus. So on his way to Damascus, we see that God encounters him. God speaks to him, and he was left changed and temporarily blind. And so today we will be looking at part two of that encounter, and we will read from Acts chapter 9, starting from verse 10. Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 10. And I know that you just got comfortable sitting down, but if you are able to, would you please stand with me as I read God's word. Acts chapter 9, starting from verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from, from Tarshish named Saul, for he is praying... In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings, and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you, so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Let us pray.
0: Father, we thank you
2: for your word. We thank you for the truth that is contained in these holy scriptures, and we pray that, Lord, you would open up our minds and our hearts to your truth, and may you help us to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Feel free to be seated. Ananias was a very common name in that day, but this specific Ananias was only mentioned one time in this story, and then again in Acts chapter 22, when Paul recounts his encounter with God. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. He asked him to go to the house where Saul was, to help restore his sight. Ananias was a believer and a follower of Jesus, so of course, it was common that God would speak to someone who believed in him. But remember that God also spoke to Saul, who was an unbeliever, who didn't know much about this God, and in fact didn't care about this God, and he wanted to silence those Christians. So Ananias, who was a believer, and Saul, who was an unbeliever, both heard from this same God. What does that tell us? It tells us that the Lord is able to speak to both believers and unbelievers. The Lord speaks to both believers and unbelievers. So we see that encounter in verses four to six and then later we see Ananias' encounter with God and how God speaks to him. You see, God through his spirit speaks to us as believers and non-believers in different ways even today. We read about those many ways that he speaks in the Bible, but today God is still speaking to his people. Today God is still speaking to us, and in many different ways. As simply as... Watching a movie or a television show, listening to a song on the radio, through a message or reading a book. God speaks to his people through different people as well. God speaks to his people in many different forms. He can use another person. He can use a dream or a vision. He can use many different forms so simply that sometimes we may not even realize that God is speaking to us. God can speak to us in many different ways and confirm different things that we sometimes call coincidence when it really is God speaking. Even unbelievers can hear God's voice in different ways. They can listen to the message that God has to say to them, not necessarily an audible voice like how you are hearing my voice, but God through His Spirit is able to speak. I have a good friend who was not a Christian and it was amazing because university textbook that she was reading, she encountered Jesus. Through a textbook, she encountered the one true living God. You see, God is able to speak and to move and to do so many wonderful things that sometimes we don't even realize, but he is speaking. Sometimes we may feel that God is so distant, that God is so beyond our understanding, that God would never want anything to do with us. How could God speak to us, us who are merely human beings? The beautiful thing is that although God is so great, although God is beyond our human comprehension, he desires a relationship with each one of us. He desires to speak to us, to have that relationship. You know that if you have of relationship with anyone, friendships or loved ones, that it requires you to communicate with them, right? And if you don't communicate with them, then that relationship doesn't grow. God wants a relationship with us, and he speaks to us. Are we speaking to him enough? Are we listening to what he has to say?
0: God desires
2: to speak to us, not just for the believers, but for the unbelievers as well. And so we see the Lord spoke to Ananias, giving him the task of going to Saul. That was what God asked of him. Go to Saul. Gave him the instructions as to where Saul would be and told him to go. But you see that in Ananias' response, he was not exactly thrilled about going to Saul. Why? Because Ananias had heard the rumors about Saul. Ananias understood that this man was dangerous, that this man was persecuting Christians, that this man was imprisoning people, that this man was doing all of these terrible things, that he was also directly involved in Stephen the martyr's death. And so for God to ask him to go to this man, it was almost like surrendering his life on a death sentence. He wanted nothing to do with him, but yet God Sometimes God will ask us to do something, and it's important for us to be open, to be open to God using us to fulfill a special task or purpose. Be open to the Lord using you to fulfill a specific task or purpose that he has for you. That purpose may be different for each one. That task may be different. But at the end of the day, God has a specific task and purpose. And that's point number two this morning. To be open to that. You see, sometimes that task can be scary. The task that God may have can be scary sometimes. What am I talking about? Well, for Ananias, that task that God asked him to do was scary for him. He didn't want to have to go to Saul. He didn't want to risk his life. He didn't want to have to go and do that. But yet God said, go. There are many other people in the Bible who God called to do something a little scary. For Abraham, God told him to move his family to a foreign place. That would be scary, but God told him to go. For Moses, God asked him to go back into Egypt, the very place that he ran away from after killing a man. God said, go back to rescue my people. That would have been quite scary. For Rahab, she was, she was involved in saving the spies and hiding them. That would have been something scary to put her life at risk. For Noah to build an ark that he had no knowledge about or understanding how it should look. For Nehemiah to rebuild the temple wall. To David to fight Goliath. For Mary, a young woman, to carry baby Jesus. Sometimes God asks us to do something out of our comfort zone and a little scary. But know that when God asks us to do it, when he says go, he doesn't just say good luck. He says, I am with you. you can rest assured that whatever God has asked you to do, whatever God has called you to do, that he will equip you, that he will be there, that he will continue to help you even when it seems scary. Hey, nice. So what is it that God may be asking you to do? What specific task or purpose? Well, it could simply be telling someone about Jesus. That can sometimes be a little scary. Telling your family members or friends or co-workers or strangers. That can be scary. But when God says, go, he is with you. Maybe it's to give a specific financial gift to a person, family, an individual, uh, to the church. That can sometimes be scary. But God says, I'm with you and I will help you. Maybe it could be to befriend someone, someone new that you haven't seen. That can sometimes be a little scary. You know, I chuckle about the fact that so many people talk to strangers over social media, but when it comes to talking to someone face-to-face, it can sometimes be scary, but God says, go, I'm with you.
0: Sometimes that scary task
2: could be to volunteer in a specific church ministry or to go back to school after being out of school for so many years. It could be to take a new position at work or to apply for a new job or to change your job. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, know that doesn't just send you off alone, but he says, I am with you. And there are so many times in scripture where he reminds us of that promise. He reminds us in Joshua 1, 9, he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Don't be worried. God is there in the midst of the problems, in the midst of everything. God is right there with you. In Psalm 23, verse 4, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. Even when we go through the most trying times in our life, even when we're going through that valley, God is there with us. He is there protecting us. He is there seeing us through. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 43, he says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sleep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This beautiful symbolism of no matter what you go through, God is there. No matter what you face in this life, even when it seems like it's too much to bear, even when it seems like it's over your head that you cannot go on, God says, I am with you. He will never leave you or forsake you, but he is right there in the midst of it all. The psalmist David understood when he said, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I leave my bed in the depths, you are there. Your spirit will be there. No matter where we go, he is there. Ananias knew the kind of man that Saul was. How terrible he was and how badly he treated Christians. But yet he went because God asked him to go. And notice this. Upon entering the house, Ananias placed his hand on Saul, and he said to him, Brother. He placed his hand upon Saul, and he said, Brother. He showed Saul love and compassion. And we too are called to show love and compassion to others, even when they do not deserve it. To show love and compassion to other people, even when they do not deserve it. You see, he could have just said, Saul, The Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road um, as you were coming here, has sent me to see you. But He says, "Brother Saul," showing him that love and that compassion. He calls him brother. You see, there are many people in our own lives who have hurt us deeply.
3: There are many people in your life, as
2: uh, with mine, that people who they don't deserve our love, they don't deserve our compassion or our forgiveness or our grace or anything, because they hurt us deeply done things that they shouldn't have done. And I'm not just talking about stealing our pen, or or showing up late, or doing whatever. I'm talking about serious things that they have done. Things that have caused us to be bitter, to be angry, to just never want to see them again. And you know what? No matter what it is that someone has done to you, know that we are still called to show love and compassion. We are still called to do that. Why? Because God has forgiven us. God has forgiven us first. All of us are sinners. All of us have done things and have messed up. But God, in his grace and his mercy, sent his son to die in our place to pay the penalty of that sin. He has willingly come and showed us love. He has willingly come and said, I forgive you. I forgive you because you've messed up, not once or twice or three times, but over and over again he says in the same way that I have shown you that love and compassion go and do likewise go and show others that love go and forgive forgiveness is one of the hardest things for many people to do Because we come to that point where we say, we have to let go of this. But can you imagine how it feels to walk around with all of that unforgiveness all the time? You see, when we choose to forgive, we're actually benefiting ourselves in the sense of letting go of all of those negative emotions.
0: Letting go of all of those things that weigh us
2: down. Letting go of all of those negative things that follow us around day by day. And that doesn't mean that the person who has hurt us we have to be best friends with. But it just means that we have... Release them from that hold, and we've also freed ourselves from that bondage that's holding us back. Amen. Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Is there someone in your life that you need to show love and compassion towards in the sense of saying, I forgive you? I forgive you, and I'm letting go. I forgive you, and I'm moving on with my life. I forgive you, and although you have hurt me so deeply, I understand that God has forgiven me even more, and so I let go.
0: You see, there are many of you
2: today who are holding on to unforgiveness. You're holding on to bitter feelings. You're holding on to anger and hate for things that have happened 20, 30 years ago. Things that you don't even remember why you were mad about, but you're upset. Things when you see that person, you think, oh, that person. And you don't even remember why you're upset with them. And it's time to let go. It's time to forgive and to show love. God has forgiven us freely, and we need to do the same. When we experience the love of God, we will truly experience what love is. Not the kind of life love that we think we know, not the kind of love that we see in the movies or on TV, but love that is real. The love of God. A love that is patient. A love that is kind. A love that does not envy and does not boast. A love that is not proud. A love that does not dishonor others or is not self-seeking. A love that is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. A love that does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. A love that always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You see, God's love never fails. That is what true love is. We are not worthy of God's love and forgiveness, but he gives it to us, and he says, go and do likewise. On the last night of a crusade service, the evangelist, Brian Green, spoke out. A young lady stood up in the back, and in the crowd, a bit shaky, she stood up to speak. She said, through these services, I have found Jesus, and he has made me able to forgive the man who murdered my father. I forgive him, not in my own strength, But because of God. You see, when we truly experience God's forgiveness, we are now able to extend that same to someone else. This is the very essence of Christianity, experiencing love and forgiveness from God and extending it to other people as well. Dr. William Barclay, in his commentary, says In Christ, Saul and Ananias, who had been the bitterest of enemies, came together as brothers. They came together as brothers because Ananias chose to show love and compassion. No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, God says, I want a relationship with you, whether believers or non-believers. He says, I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want you to experience the life that I died to give you, the life that I created. Can you imagine how great this God is? The creator and the sustainer of the universe, the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, the one who has power and authority in his words to speak creation into being. God says, I want you to know me. The Lord can speak to both believers and unbelievers. Be open to God using you to fulfill a specific purpose. And remember that when he says go, he is with you always. And show love and compassion to others, even when they don't deserve it, because God has first shown us that love and that forgiveness. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your work. We thank you for your truth. And we pray that indeed you would stir up in the hearts and the lives of each individual here, the desire to know you, God, to know that there's something more to this life than just the here and now, to the desire to know that there is something greater and his name is Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for what you have done and what you will continue to do. And we thank you that above all, you are a good, good Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Dr. Lisa has beautifully shared with us the truth of how the Lord can speak to us. Just as he spoke to Saul and Ananias. So if you'd like to spend some moments of prayer today, kneeling or standing around the altar, saying, Lord, you have been speaking to me about whatever it is. The Lord, I need some further confirmation from you, or I need some further direction from you about whatever the issue might be. You come, as we just sing a verse. You come, you come, kneeling or standing around the altar. Amen. She shared with, with us also that we need to be open to God using us to fulfill a special task or purpose. I want you to feel free to say, Lord, I want, I want to be used by you to fulfill that special task or purpose for my life, whatever that might be. You come, come, say, Lord, you used, you used Ananias for a very your special purpose. Use me for your purpose, for purposes, dear God. And then in the third truth, Dr. Lisa talked about showing love and passion to others, even though they may not deserve it. It's possible that someone today needs to make that choice, that decision, to say, Lord, with your help, with your help, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to put behind me that thing that has bothered me for weeks, months, or years, and I will be free I will be free, and I will show love and compassion with your help and your grace. Because you, oh God, are a good, good Father, our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, who wants to lead and inspire each of us to show the love of our Heavenly Father. Anyone else wishes to come and pray? You come as we sing just one last verse of this beautiful song, and then we'll close Oh,
3: come, come, please. Pastor ben, Pastor ben, Pastor yes. To share this yes. Go ahead. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to actually share this. So, um, Pastor, please, I had preached about something really similar before, and God put it on my heart then, and I knew the way. Um, and I don't know who this message is for, but God I must have somebody that this is for. So, when I was thinking, we're person child and a young teenager, I really struggled with some anger and unforgiveness in my life. And, you know, Pastor Jesus said, you might not be able to forgive somebody, you don't even remember why. I remember why. Um, when I was four years old, my birth parents gave me up for adoption. And and God gave me a wonderful family, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but for years I struggled with how could you give up a four-year-old? How could you keep a child away? What is so wrong with me? And I had this deep anger at them for that, you know. Um, and when I was 10 to 12 years of age, I was molested um, by a pastor in a church. And, and that was really, really difficult. And I had never actually shared that with anybody. Um of I say that because God just my heart's beating out of my chest this morning because you know what you might it could be a parent, it could be somebody who had great you had great respect and trust and was in a position of the doing. It could be a husband or a wife or a former partner, somebody who has done something that is undeserving of forgiveness. But God has said we need to find forgiveness. And when we don't find that, it's ourselves that don't have peace. It's ourselves who are impacted by that. And I can honestly tell you, this one day Pastor Lisa was preaching, and for years I had struggled with this and said, Oh Lord, help me to forgive them. And outwardly I had forgiven them, but right in here, it was still there. You know? And one day Pastor Lisa was preaching, and I sat there and all of a sudden I was, Oh my goodness! It's not there anymore. And that is because we have a good, good Father, And his peace is indescribable, and his love is undeniable and at seek Him over and over and over again and you might not find that peace this morning but do not give up on seeking Him and asking for that peace and asking for that forgiveness within your heart because you don't have it but God does and He will give it to you and then that joy, it just takes the face of that noise and it's amazing and it's God and so um, that's my testimony this morning and it was for some of you
2: The speaker for this message was Rev. Dr. Lisa Autar, or Associate Minister. Are you struggling with anger, bitterness, guilt, addictions, and other hurts, hang-ups, and habits? Come and find freedom and hope at Celebrate Recovery, a Christ-based 12-step program meeting at 7 p.m. every Thursday evening at Rosewood Church located at 657. Milner Avenue in Scarborough. Please call 416-459-1462 for more information.
0: I'm Pastor Nick of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in Scarborough. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If you have made a spiritual decision during this radio broadcast, I'd like to ask you to let us know of your decision so that we can encourage you. Our phone number is 416 298 9932. That's 416 298 9932. Our email address is rosewoodchurch at bellnet.ca. That's rosewoodchurch at bellnet.ca. We would like to invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 11 a.m. at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Here are some directions. From Highway 401, go north on Markham Road. The first street you'll come to is Milner Avenue. Turn right on Milner and drive for 1.6 kilometers. You'll see Rosewood Church of the Nazarene on your right-hand side. I look forward to meeting you. I wish you God's blessings. Thanks again for listening. We wish you a wonderful, blessed week.